Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from Talksport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football. From their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they go for players they've seen in the flesh, or will they rely on reputation? Let's find out. Our guest today is a man widely credited as being one of the founders of the UK rave scene. He's a superstar DJ who played at the Hacienda for years. It is the brilliant Graham Park. Graham, welcome to your best 11. Can you start by telling us who you support and why? Well, anyone who's followed me and anyone who's aware of me will know that there's only one team in the park world, and that is the famous Aberdeen. <laughs> and is it, uh, is it a geographic thing? You're an Aberdeen boy, born and bred? Well, I was born in Aberdeen, yeah. um, but I did leave when I was very little. Uh, mm. My family moved to Fife. However, um, every summer my dad would uh, go, he was in the TA, so in the summer... He'd disappear for uh, two or three weeks, and me, my brother, and my mum would then go and spend two or three weeks uh, in Aberdeen. So, um, born there, left very little, but did spend like all my childhood every summer in Aberdeen, split between my two sets of grandparents. Fantastic! And do you, do you can you tell us what your early, earliest memories of football were? Oh gosh, my my earliest memories of football were. Um, and, and any, anyone in Scotland will get this. Anyone in Scotland who's over 40 will get this. Um, Arthur Montford on Scott Sport. And, yeah, and um, on sports, sports scene. Sports scene. Oh, yeah. Sports scene as well. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, the Archie guy McPherson. Archie That's McPherson. it. Sorry, yeah. how did I forget that? Archie yeah. McPherson, yeah. Yeah. Um, with his with his with his uh, great phrases like stramash in the yeah. box, great great and, um, uh, great uh, broadcaster, Arthur yeah. McPherson, fantastic. No, exactly. But th- those are in the days that um, STV uh, would have Scott Sport for a couple of seasons. Then that would be BBC would have Sports Scene for a couple of seasons. And uh, my memories are well. As a child of the sixties, my memories were black and white TV, yeah. then color, then color TV. Yeah. But then a disappointment that the pitch wasn't green; it was just mud, especially <laughs> in the box. So you waited the, the years for telly to go color, and it was it exactly. was an uglier color than black and white. 
Well, exactly. Exactly. I, mean, I, I remember when we got coloured telly. It was summer, and um, I couldn't believe uh, watching Wimbledon. It was like an uh, just like a like an amazing experience because it was all um, beautiful green uh, lawns. But then it got to September, and the football started, and then it got to Christmas, and just I mean, you remember it wasn't just Scotland and England as well. True. The box was just horrible mud everywhere yeah. um but but that, that that's my first memories and then um i think it was what being an, up, up in aberdeen for like school holidays and like half term or something and my late uh grandpa it was been it had been 69 or 70 so i would have been six or seven and he's like right it's time you came to Petodre and took me on a cold autumn evening to see Aberdeen play Celtic at Petodre, and that would be my first game. And honestly, I, I vividly remember that because being a wee laddie, being surrounded by you know grown men, and it, it was mainly men swearing. <laughs> and my grandpa's seat was two rows back by the halfway line, so um, just the noise, the thud of grown men banging into each other on the pitch, you know, and yeah. and hearing the ball. And, and oh, I just remember it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I'd, what was that ground like then? I, you know, I've never had the pleasure of It's that. on the so, beach, isn't it, famously? Aberdeen. Is it? Yeah, so it's, it's going to be on the beach. So it's it? going to be bracing, I'm going to assume, on in, uh, when the wind's in a certain direction, if nothing else. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's bracing even in May. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when this, because we haven't, uh, since the, the um, Premier League, uh, the smaller top flight. Uh, our season always starts at the beginning of August. Even in August, it's it's bracing. But in the winter, oh my god, it's freezing. And 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 you can sometimes get this wind that swirls round the park. So I've I've been to games in the winter where uh, the, the the keeper will kick the ball, and as it gets to the halfway line, it kind of curves back it towards. It stops and starts yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it really is. It's it's character building. It, it really is. I mean, we we, we are um, hoping to move to a, a new purpose-built stadium. Oh, right. Um, just out the centre of town, uh, but that's kind of gone on hold because of the the, the pandemic. Sure. But uh, we do have, for the first time ever, uh, last year, um, we opened a new training ground. We've never had a training ground. Aberdeen have famously had to uh, book leisure centres and book outdoor facilities in the Aberdeen area. And there's lots of stories of like not being able to book leisure centres because netball teams and schools and colleges have been there. Well, I know, I know it's, it's, it's laughable, but awful. But um, in recent years, our previous chairman, Stuart Milne, and now our, new, our, our newer chairman, Dave Cormack, who's an Aberdonian who's made his fortune in America and has got strong links with Atlanta, United, um, we've, we've opened a, a state-of-the-art training facility where the new stadium is going to be. And honestly, everyone just raves about it. And uh, McInnes, our fantastic uh, manager, McInnes, um, is just like, this is what I've been waiting for for seven or eight years, which has been there. All cha challenging those, the top flight, well, eh? was amazing, um, which I'm sure we'll touch on later in much more detail, but it was amazing... Uh, that amazing footage of Ferguson training on the beach, isn't it, with the great Aberdeen team of 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 his time? You know, literally with running through a gale, a North Sea gale on the beach. I you mean, it certainly worked, didn't it? Considering <laughs> what the team were like and what they did at that time. The thing about Aberdeen Beach, and as a kid, 
Um, used to go down there. It's beautiful. It's a long, really long, golden, sandy beach. And it looks amazing. But as a kid, you realise it's the bloody North Sea. Yeah, yeah. Not, true. There's a great, in fact, if, 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 any, if, if you've not heard it, you should uh, search Billy Connolly's um, sketch. About oh, it's fantastic. About it. And as a child who spent summers on that beach, I can tell you it's a very, very accurate portrayal of what it's like. Well, I, I, I do like to think of Aberdeen's entire football um, life being curtailed by badminton. I think I think, that, <laughs> I think that's only appropriate, I, I, I have to say. So, Parky, who was your favourite player as a kid? I'm, I'm going to guess you held an Aberdeen player in, in great esteem in those days. Yeah, um, when I was a kid, um, this so when I was at primary school, um, in Kirkcaldy, um, I, I I quite like being a goalkeeper, um, and so my favourite player was Bobby Clark, okay, who was a legendary Aberdeen uh, keeper, and of course, in his day, it was bare hands. You didn't see oh, yes. goalkeeper gloves, yeah, yeah. and he had he, he had the the classic green jumper, and uh, white shorts, and um, it was bare hands. He was also Scotland keeper as well mm. uh sadly sadly though he was the keeper who let five in against england right <laughs> which uh, which was awful but um i used to just say well i'll go and go and i'll and i'll be bobby clark i just thought he was great was was he the keeper that started what i guess has become one of the popular caricatures in football of the dodgy <laughs> scottish keeper or i, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he started it because up until I, I was going to come to this, actually touch on this later. But well, because it's unavoidable, um, that's why, Graham. <laughs> it is no, it's unavoidable because obviously um, uh, after him you had uh, Alan Ruff, Georgie uh, Woods, was, uh, oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's yeah you know, and yes, there are some. It was the stereotype. Was a Scotland-produced great managers, See, a terrible goalkeeper. It's weird how that stereotype how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite. I, I know, but the thing is, um, we Scotland. Um, and, and if we're going to talk about Scotland, I just have to remind you all that, I mean, we've got, we've got a Welshman here, so he probably won't, won't um, rise to this. But of course, England's first match as World Cup champions in 1967 was against Scotland, which of course they lost. Mostly three times. Of course they lost, yeah. Yeah, which unofficially made Scotland champions of the world. <laughs> yeah. like Especially it. when you got Jim Baxter sitting on the ball. Do you know what I mean? Just, just exactly. when they're winning. That's, that's, that's what. Uh... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But then, of course, in the 70s and 80s, uh, Scotland had a, had a better qualifying record for the World Cup than England did because we didn't miss. Uh, there's, there's, was, which is the one that England missed? But anyway, but then... 78, when, yeah, 74. That's right. But when we got to... 1994. <laughs> I can oh, apparently more. the list goes on. I didn't realise. Well, about Scotland. Scotland uh, knocked, well, famously, infamously knocked Wales out a few times. Joe Jordan with his hand right. and, and a penalty at uh, Ninian Park. Nice. I remember it. I was there for the second one. Well, the, the famous game that, that uh, Jock Steen That's right, Jock Steen passed away. That's right. That's right. It was well, there that night. Yeah. Um, but, of course, um, when we get to the late 90s, that's when our keepers start to become pretty good. So that's a bizarre twist. Mm. It wasn't up to them. You're right. Now, to point. be fair, yeah, it's a good point. A good yeah, point. Well, well made. Now, just before we get into sort of pursuing the way that you watch your football, I, I, I just want to take on your travels as well because, Parker, you ended up I mean, famously, in terms of your 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 career as a music man and DJ, we all know that Hacienda for for Ten Glorious Years was was your home. But before that, Nottingham was your home, wasn't it? That's right. Um, I left Scotland uh, when I was in my late teens. My 
parents moved to the East Midlands or my dad got a job in the East Midlands. I stayed in Scotland. I'm not moving to England. I want to finish my finish my exams at school and go to university up here. But then followed them down when I'd finished school to spend the summer and realised it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, I lived in Kirkcaldy in Fife. Yeah. So, Ed, you know, Edinburgh was close. Uh, Glasgow was a bit further. But when I was in the East Midlands, I realised that Nottingham, Leicester, Derby, a bit further to Birmingham in Coventry, and then London was like an hour and a half away. Yeah. And I thought, it's pretty good down here. And, and I used to, my dad used to work for Next, and he would get up at five in the morning, and he was an area manager for a massive part of the Midlands. And every morning, I, he'd, he'd be driving to all these great cities, and I'd just tag along and visit record shops and buy records. And... Um, so I stayed. I stayed in East Midlands. Then when my parents moved back to Scotland, I stayed and ended up in Nottingham, started working in a record shop called Selector Disc. Yeah, Staff of Legend. Honestly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then the owner of the record shop bought a nightclub, and because his office was on the same floor that I ran, I ran the singles and second-hand department, he said, I like the music you play in the shop, so I want you to DJ at the club. Now, I played in bands. And I had no desire to be a DJ whatsoever. I wanted to be like a, a rock and roll star, a pop star. Yeah, that was the sexy and, thing then, wasn't it? Cool. Was yeah. Well, it, it was. So I reluctantly agreed, and I just loved it because um, at the end of the night, the twenty mark. Well, to start with, it was twenty five quid, um, but that was all mine. That's when, nice. When you the band, that yeah, lovely little cash in hand. That off. was Graham. That exactly. All. Yeah. But when you played in a in a band, you, I mean, first of all, you had to hire a transit van and then lug your equipment in, set it up. Then you had to pay the drummer's girlfriend to do the door. Yes. And, <laughs> and you had the drummer to deal with and all yeah. those different personalities, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, and not just a bag night, of records. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. At the end of the night, if you were lucky, you got three or four, maybe five pounds yeah. each, right? So I did the, I did two nights a week at the garage in Nottingham and yeah. still worked at the record shop and it was all mine. But it turned out that People actually loved what I played because I, I only, I thought I'll do it, but I'm only going to play music I like. And 36 years later, I still do the same thing. I just play music I like. People like what I play, and so to me, that's a win-win. But, but the irony is, in recent years, I've had this big, massive show called Hacienda Classical, mm-hmm. where I perform with Peter Hook, formerly of New Order, which is which is a bizarre. I still think it's bizarre that like a band a musician from a band I loved, or two bands I loved, Joy Division and New Order, is now a colleague and a friend. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. So I perform with the Manchester Camerata Orchestra, um, the Hacienda Classical Show with Peter Hook, and I was a singer in the bands I used to be in when I was, a, when I was younger. Um, more by accident uh, by the des- by, than by design, I ended up t- doing Blue Monday in one of the shows because Peter Hook, uh, couldn't do the show, and and I and I said, well, someone's got to do. It. I just sang Blue Monday. Wow. And I've no, up, wow. I've, yes, yes. Um, I did it at rehearsal. No pressure. No. Only the biggest oh, selling twelve <laughs> sing of all time. Yeah. That's all. I know, but I, but I know the words, don't I? So, That's true. <laughs> um, so I, so it went down so well that um, after that, I ended up doing uh, my own songs in the show. So by complete luck. After 36 years of DJing, I've actually gone back to being a singer in a band, which is what I wanted to do, albeit on a much grander scale, playing at Glastonbury, Royal Albert Hall, 
um, big festivals. It's just oh, it's such a buzz. I can't, still can't believe it. You're listening to the Best Eleven podcast from Talk Sport. So we just want to talk about your match day rituals. Can you talk us through what it was like when you used to go to a game up in up in Aberdeen when you were in your, your teens or early twenties, well, whenever? Well, obviously, I, I mean, I would love to say that I go to Pataudry or go to games regularly, but as someone who DJs yeah, yeah, yeah. at weekends and who, and who lives in the northwest of England, which is pretty far from Aberdeen, I, I haven't been to as many matches as I'd have loved to. However, uh, I've always been good when I get um, booking inquiries for gigs in, in Scotland, anywhere in Scotland, from the months of August to May, I will always cross-reference the Aberdeen fixture list to see. <laughs> say, Good lad. Can we not? Can we do it the following week instead? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I do. I, I, over the years, I've been to a lot of Aberdeen away games in the Central Belt. You know, Rangers, Celtic, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, St Mirren, and so I've been to all those grounds. And obviously, I do get to Vince Bertodri as often as I can, especially. Uh, um, just, I don't. It doesn't happen so much, but about twenty years ago. You had a lot of midweek games. Not you don't have them so much now. And um, in the days when it was the ninety, the end of the nineties, I, I would regularly just catch a flight from Manchester to Aberdeen, yeah. get the game in, get a hotel, and come back the next day. But what I used to always do, and I still do it now, childishly, red socks and red pants, basically. Is that uh, your lucky, your lucky uh, combination? Yeah, but they're not, not the same socks and not the same pants. <laughs> that's, that's a bonus. Yeah. Graham, I was going to ask you just quickly, because we do cover these kind of things on in, on the programme, and I know they had a reputation, but the Aberdeen soccer casuals, as they were as known in the set, late 70s, early 80s, you know, but they were sort of ahead of the, ahead of the game, weren't they, the way they dressed, and they kind of brought that whole trendy casual thing to Scotland, didn't they, by, by travelling into Europe and, and being influenced by what uh, they've seen, you know? Famously, you know, everyone talks about how that it was Liverpool that did that, and, and yes, they did. But at the same time, when Aberdeen were, you know, a, a decent force across Europe, the Aberdeen casual movement was 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 massive. And and you know, as someone who's always kind of loved that kind of casual mod type of look as a young man, and I, I know Mark did as well. You'd be aware of that when you went to Aberdeen games. And of course, we've always had a massive massive away support yeah. probably the biggest away support in, in Scotland I mean obviously Rangers and Celtic have the biggest home crowds but I can guarantee that you know Aberdeen away support is much bigger than, than Rangers or Celtic yeah. support East it's absolutely. interesting that isn't it's it pro- it's probably down to the fact we're a one city well until recently we were a one team city of course we've now got Cove Rangers have suddenly appeared <laughs> yeah well, you were a county team as well, weren't you? Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire, also, and the whole of that area of Scotland all supported Aberdeen, didn't they? No, absolutely. absolutely. And of course, um, in our trophy cabinet, which I've been very, very fortunate to be in the boardroom and, and see that trophy cabinet, alongside the Cup Winners' Cup and uh, the FA Cups and the, and the, and the League Cups and the, and the League titles, there is the Aberdeenshire Cup, which we've won every single year since. Because you're the only team in Aberdeenshire, that, which is why. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, there's a lot. There's, 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 you've got Forest Mechanics and Peterhead and Fraserburgh. And Tough all opposition, Graham. Tough opposition. You did well. They are. That Highland League's a really competitive league, let me tell you that. There you go. I love the, 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 the mechanics. Don't, don't try and take the Michael there now with your The London mechanics ways. are my new favourite <laughs> team, I've got to be honest with you. Yeah. Forest uh, Mechanics. Forest Mechanics. Great name. Uh, actually, now that you talked about you've been in the trophy room, it's, it's logical for me to now ask you the question, what's your favourite piece of memorabilia or memento? Because I like to think you stole it from the trophy cabinet, but that may not <laughs> oh, be true. No. 
I would have loved to. Uh, me and a really good friend of mine called Mike Grieve, who owns a sub club in Glasgow, we we we've we've got contacts. We always had contacts at Bitodry, and we got to go to the uh, boardroom and hold the replica of the Cup Winners' Cup and the replica of the Super Cup, um, and, and and that was great. with lots of photos, but my my, my favourite piece of memorabilia, which is in a box in the attic somewhere, is from my cousin's husband. My my cousin Wendy. Uh, married a guy called Ernie, Ernie Drews. They're still married. And um, Ernie used to play for Aberdeen. Wow. So, yeah, exactly. He never made it into the first team, but um, he played in the reserves a lot. And uh, he just um, got me a piece of headed notepaper with the team's signature on it. And it was probably seven mid-70s. So... Um, I think Joe Harper was back at his second spell at Petodre, and 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 that that's a great thing. Yeah, definitely. There was a ball. There was a ball as well, but I don't know where that's gone. To. So <laughs> I that's... just want. I just want to go back just quickly because you just you just referenced it there. The uh, the European Cup Winners' Cup. I remember it very vividly. You winning the final, and I think people now kind of like do a short gasp. I mean, you did beat Real Madrid, managed by Alf- Alfredo <laughs> Di Stefano, in that final in Gothenburg. It was an extraordinary oh. thing, wasn't it? It was. I was 19 and I was living in the, uh, my parents in East Midlands and, you know, I, I, I would have loved to have gone, but I just couldn't afford it. I just had no way of going. And so I was relying on the television. But it was a great, great run uh, under Ferguson. Uh, Bayern Munich in the semi-final, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, it was just it's amazing. And, and we won it on merit as well. We, Absolutely. We a, and of course, um, the previous year and the following year, for, for about three or four years, we we beat Ipswich Town, the, the the holders of the European Cup. The, I think the following season, before uh, before getting knocked out, and gave Liverpool a great uh, two legged game. We lost uh, ultimately, but it was it was in the days. I mean, come on, it's fair to say that until Sky Television came along and pumped the money into English football, Scottish the Scottish top flight and the English top flight. They were, they were a lot closer than they Something than they of are a level now. playing field. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, yeah. you look at, if you look at the results, like when Celtic played Leeds in the late 60s, early 70s, they, they played were proper, one. They exactly won. proper contests, And they? even till quite recently, remember Celtic beating Liverpool with John Hartson, scored the winner, yeah. you know. Exactly. And I think, I think I mean, Ferguson talks about this quite a lot, obviously, as, as an Aberde- Aberdonian yourself. The rigs were, were up and running. Aberdeen was an affluent place. You could keep players there, it couldn't you? And people could afford no, to go to games. It, it all, get a it nice all, house, get some decent wages. Absolutely. It all came together, didn't it, didn't it, Graham? No, it it did, um, and of course, you know, people like we we produce great players like Joe Jordan, for example. Um, Dennis Law who, is an Aberdeen boy, isn't he? Exactly, Dennis Law. He never played for Aberdeen, but he was a, he was an Aberdeen boy. It was much closer, but then of course the the wages increased ridiculously in yeah. England. So occasionally Rangers and Celtic would break the bank to get um, big name players in, like. Uh, which kind of backfired, I think, and a lot, a lot of. I mean, Aberdeen even tried that for a while, but that backfired. But uh, you know, as much as I do occasionally watch English football, uh, only because I got Sky Sports free when I signed up for Sky Sports football. Hold on, they limited time. You spoken like a true Scotsman. Yes, there. you bought Sky Sports for the Scottish football, and they gave you the biggest league in the world for nothing. Yeah. Is that what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, it, it was a special it? deal. Right? <laughs> Sky, Scottish football is finally on one channel instead of having to get BT Sports and Sky Sports and Premier Sports as well. It's now all on Sky. 
So I thought, right, I don't want to buy anything I don't need. So I just wanted to buy the channel, which is Sky Sports Football. And then it said, for a limited time, you can have Sky Sports Premier League as part of the deal. I'm like, yes, I may as well. So I do keep my eye on it. I must ask, though, in that case, Graham. I was just going to say, though, Graham, it's a good, I've talked to Mark about this, and we talk about this on the show, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but you might have viewed it. So the really cool thing for the last 10, 15 years has been to go to Germany to watch football, you know, the kind of yeah. the football hipster thing. But I don't know if you know this, yeah. it's become very fashionable among some football fans to go to Scotland to watch Scottish football. And I'm, oh, yeah. I, I've been going to watch Scottish football for a long time, sort of 30 years. I've been going back and forth. I've got mates who are Queen's Park fans, or the lower league stuff as well, and I've been yeah, yeah, across yeah. to watch Celtic and all that. And it is, I mean, it's hard to explain to somebody who hasn't gone how brilliant it is to go and watch Scottish domestic football. It's a fantastic oh, day out, isn't it? No, it is, because you haven't got all that kind of over-the-top razzmatazz that I think mm-hmm. winds me up. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you something that makes me really proud is I've got twin boys. They're, they're almost 16 and my my wife and her family are from Liverpool, so they were brought up as Liverpool supporters. Um, and I had to take them to Anfield, which is which is great, you know, go take them. But but one of them now is not interested in football at all, and the other twin has kind of got into Aberdeen, and so he's been to Hamden with me for a few uh, semi finals and a couple of finals in the Brilliant. past two years ago. We were watching an Aberdeen Cup game on the telly, uh, and he just said, Dad. I've decided I'm going to be 100% full full Aberdeen supporter now rather than Liverpool. And I'm like, whoa, what? Are you serious? He goes, yeah. I goes, why? Tell me why. He says, well, there's, there's uh, three reasons, I suppose. Uh, one, uh, Scottish football players don't have those ridiculous haircuts that they have in England. <laughs> Good. Tick, two, tick. Yeah. two, they're not overpaid for what they do, mm. right? It's, it's it's all about it's 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 about getting a gig and, and doing it for the passion of it. And he says, but three, look at our squad. Apart from Thomas Cherney, our Polish um, second keeper, our entire squad. And, and he kept, and he did said he said our he said our entire squad. Oh, are emotions, from, Graham. Are from, <laughs> are from the British Isles and the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. And I went. Oh my God! And and so he's been to Petodre with me to see Celtic game, and he joins me on the sofa for the pay per view at the moment because we can't go to the games. And it makes me proud that my half English, half Scottish son, who was born on St Andrew's Day, is a proper Aberdeen Aberdeen fan. Don, I mean, I've I've said I'm going to take Mark and and our producer Jamie up to a. A Scottish game, um, hopefully, when all this COVID stuff clears oh, up. Oh, you should try and go Honestly, to they'd love it. Because yeah. in two years' time, it it will be knocked down and built into, made into houses before they go to the new stadium. And, and, and to, to go back to what you said earlier, it's not that different to how it was when I was a kid either. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm saying. Makes it's the point, like, perhaps we should get in early before like, they destroy It's like going to watch it before the hipsters turn up, guys, and, and gentrify it. Do you know what I mean? That's what's going to happen. And can I just commend... Only a DJ could have double decks for kids. That is commendable. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy you having the ones and twos. That is that's amazing, Graham. How I did know. you plan that out? I don't know. That's... I don't. I don't know. But the fact that they were born in England on St Andrew's Day is just that just even amazing. more macabre, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Lovely. The best eleven podcast from Talk Sport. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Best Eleven Podcast with Johnny Owen and Mark Webster. What's your uh, favourite ever kit? Uh, well, that's it's a toss-up between two. I, I'll, I'll tell you what they are. I almost said the famous admiral admiral strip with the five stripes down the left. Yeah, do you know you know the, the five vertical stripes down the left that go into the shorts. But I have to say, my favourite kit is the Adidas with the pin white pinstripes. Yeah, because that is the strip we wore in Gothenburg when Willie Miller lifted the Cup Winners' Cup. Do you know we were just saying to um, Graham, uh, sorry, Adrian Dunbar, who's from Line of Duty. His favourite Arsenal kit is the is the very famous 1971 Cup Final yellow and blue kit where Charlie yeah. George, and. You know, it's a bit like Forrest. Everybody's favourite Forrest is the late 70s. If it's tied up in something like when you won the European Cup in this absolutely. cup, it's going to have a special place in your heart, isn't it? No, absolutely. But it's just a great kit. It's got it is. Great, it's got, it hasn't got any stupid styling on. That's something. I mean, like that late 90s. Well, so I suppose 80s and 90s was some really hideous styling <laughs> going on. It's just, it's just a classic I'll tell you kit. what it had, though. It had a weird snakeskin shimmer to it. It was one of those shiny kits. Yeah, the Adidas shiny kit. Yeah, that looked oh, like water right. should run off. But the logo, the, the ball yeah. for the A, with the A around it. Was it, just it, slightly it was weird, just beautiful, wasn't just it? Just a kind of slightly weird sheen upon it, but which made it distinctive, so you can't knock it. Okay, well, that's a that's a good kit, isn't it? Yeah. What's, what about the, what's your best team that's not yours? And this is gonna this will prove interesting because you've got... Plenty of options yeah. outside of Scotland, haven't you? Clearly. No, I have. Right. For example, right, when I moved to the East Midlands, I used to go and see Forrest and Clough was manager. Right. Uh, it's then a good, I moved to it's a good time to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I moved to London and had this stupid notion that I should go to watch the team that was nearest to my house because, you know, I didn't want to show any preference. So I got the pen and paper and the ruler out. And then after 
going to see them for a few games, realised I'd really messed up. But that was Crystal Palace. Oh, <laughs> bad luck. <laughs> oh, seems um, no, that's no, not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was it was fun. And then um, when I one of my best friends in London was a Burnley supporter, so we'd often go and see uh, Bur- go up and see Burnley. When I moved to the northwest, uh, you know, Pickering would take me to see City. Uh, other friends would take me to see United. Uh, and then K- the radio station that I was on, Kiss, that became Galaxy, had a sponsorship arrangement with Bolton Wanderers. So I used to go there. But um, one of my one of my friends, who was a my next door neighbour for a while, Lee McCullough, who a former Rangers, yeah, he played for Wigan Athletic at the time. So I'd quite often, uh, if he had a Saturday lunchtime match, I'd just jump in the car and go up to to Wigan with him. However. As a Scottish football fan, I can't really show any favour to <laughs> My favourite team that's not Aberdeen is AC Milan because I have currently got three Alfa Romeos on my drive and I've had 15 Alfa Romeos in my life. And Milan is the home of Alfa Romeo. I thought, he was, gonna, I thought you were going to go with Joe Jordan had played it there, i got to be honest, but you've gone with Alfa Romeo. Oh, no, yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> and not least, of course, you've got a second-hand car room, showroom, yes, apparently, it yes, seems. Yes. And you're, and you're fr- Graham, you sound like a man after my own heart. Everywhere I've gone and lived, I always go to watch football teams. Yeah, it, it, just it what I do. It's, it's nice. Yeah. I, can I, we, we've got to do this here. You mentioned Pickering there. Legendarily, this is Mike Pickering, your other half at the Hacienda for 10 glorious years during those great years. Love City, hate exactly. United. Love City, hates United. <laughs> and I know through personal experience of talking to him, he's not an England follower. No. And yet, oh. Graham Park and Mike Pickering remix <laughs> World in Motion. <laughs> yes. How how does this happen, Mr. Park? Right. Well, obviously, World in Motion was the new order song for the England. Was it ninety six? Nineteen ninety. Sorry, nineteen ninety. Sorry, shows you how much I care. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you've, you've won. You've already won yeah, there, Graham. Exactly. You've That's already the end won. Of that conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, a New Order wanted me and Mike to remix it, and as you said, Mike not bothered, and me, I don't <laughs> want to mix it because I'm, I'm, I can't be seen to be involved in anything to do with an Eng- England football team. But of course, it was New Order, and, and Peter Hook just kind of persuaded us and put the pressure on. You're one of the, you're one of the DJs at the end. You've got to do it, and so I'm quite, I'm quite pleased. I used to. I must admit, I deli- we deliberately did a dub mix that we could play at Hacienda with. So that you didn't John have to Barnes. have the World in Motion for it? No, that's yeah. low. So John, have, yeah. Surely John Barnes's rap stayed, though, didn't it? In, in, in our remix, yes, you did the main 12-inch Park and Pickering club mix, but then we did the dub mix with no vocals. You got rid of it all. Did, exactly. Did, did you have many City or United during the glory years at Hacienda come along for a dance? Um. Uh, Ryan Giggs would often pop up in the DJ box. Would he? Uh, yeah, but he, he, he would look, he would really look out of place because he'd just be there in his V-neck and his slacks, <laughs> um, just taking it all in, you know. Um, he liked the music, did he? I guess that was the point. He was there. Yeah, he just he'd just pop his head in. Yeah, but um, I, I'm not really aware of any others, to be honest. Right, we're going to. This is the toughest bit of the show. We're going to have to take you through your best uh, Abedonian team now, Graham. Well, by chance, right. Um, I got asked this very question by Aberdeen Football Club um, for the 20th, sorry, for the 30th September 2017 match day programme when we were at home to St Johnston's. We all remember it, Graham. We all remember it. Brilliant. It's pretty much exactly three years ago this weekend. And the thing is, they did a big feature on me because along with Paul Laurie, 
the golfer, um, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, any <laughs> celebrity Aberdeen fans. Like, I wouldn't say celebrity, well known Aberdeen fans. And so, because I was at that game, they said, let's do a feature. So I picked my all time 11, but I'd like to maybe go through it, but do two changes because three in three years, things have changed. Okay. So Ooh, my, goal, my goalkeeper would be Jim Layton, yeah. basically, because he's a keeper that I probably saw the most in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, but not just at Aberdeen, I saw him play um, in England as well. And going back to our earlier point, I think Jim Layton is the keeper who finally put Scotland's uh, goalkeeper. The worm had turned with him in goal, bed. hadn't it? He yeah, was a really exactly, good goalie, yeah. 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 yeah, and of course, maximum respect to someone who, um, the later years of his England um, career, his career in England went a bit off, but he came back to Aberdeen and rediscovered his form. He did. So Layton in goal. Great. And then I, I've got a back four. Uh, first of all, Willie Miller, obviously. Yes. Solid, yeah. stoic, yeah. superb, constantly reliable, the best defender we've ever had, and a pretty good manager mm-hmm. as well. True. So Willie Miller. Um, then I would go for Alex McLeish yeah. because it's an incredible partnership with Willie Miller. Mm-hmm. And he's such a nice guy. I don't hold any grudges for the fact he went on to manage Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Often mentioned, yes. Then I've got Stuart Kennedy as well. Yep. Hard-working and skillful at the back. Now, three years ago, I had Russell Anderson in our in my back four. Okay, um, Anderson, an amazing defender who is dons through and through. But since doing that, I would I might actually put Considine in there instead okay. of Anderson. Okay, he's been amazing the past two or three seasons, even scoring goals and coming up front from the back. So that's my back four. Not bad. Not bad at all. So my midfield. Uh, we'd have to be um, Gordon Strachan. Yes. Yep. Absolute joy to watch as he cut through any defence with skill and style. Then Ian Jess, exciting player. Um, I was just a few feet away from him at Hamden when Rangers when Rangers lost to Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup semi-final. And Ian Jess just totally ripped the the mick out of Gascoigne. Well, well put. Totally showed him up. So Ian Jess. Um, and then I'd have Peter Weir in there. Yes. Yeah. Because um, he's a great left foot. And, of course, the legendary uh, Neil Simpson. Mm-hmm. Neil Simpson. But in the past three years, I might consider replacing Weir with Graham Shinney, who was an incredible captain before he went off to Derby. So there you go. Mm. And then up front, easy for me, didn't have to think about it. Joe Harper. Yeah. Yeah. He went, he went to absolute legend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he went he went to Everton, but then he came back to, to Aberdeen and, and, and he was still a great player. And of course Steve Archibald, who formed a Archibald. great partnership for a couple of seasons with Joe Harper before going on to Tottenham Hotspur. And Barcelona. And Barcelona. And a legend in Barcelona not, as well. Not, not about too it. shabby a career. No, not too shabby a side as well, mate. I mean, the only one I'd possibly say is Mark McGee. If you've left up Mark McGee, oh, which yeah, is fair enough. Yeah. He, Mark McGee's great, but he, he kind of tarnished his reputation a bit when he was manager. Okay. That's understandable. But Speech. let's not... Yeah. Let's, Let's not go there. He's still a legend. He's still an Aberdeen yeah, yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah. And also, I, I mean, looking at the centre-half partnership there, Miller and McLeish, a legendary centre-half partnership and a Scottish, as the Scotland national team as well as the Aberdeen with, team With well. Leighton. Yeah, in, with Leighton and goals. In that triangle. Amazing. That's, that's solid. You, you, you mentioned manager there and I thought perhaps it was going to be Mark McGee, but who else could there possibly be? Yeah, who could be? he possibly who have as manager of Aberdeen? Side? Come on, Graham. Who's it going to be? 
my manager. Yeah. Well, it has to be Sir Alex, doesn't it? Oh! No way. Get out. Why would you possibly? <laughs> Shot horror. <laughs> but, but can I just say, McInnes, he is absolutely brilliant, along with Tony Doherty as well. The pair of them, honestly, unbelievable. They're, they're doing an amazing job, considering the fact our budget is a tenth of Celtics or something stupid like that. We, do, we can't throw money around like the old firm do. And, uh, you know, like Rangers got massive debt, but they still throw money at things, you know. we, we our, our new chairman, uh, uh, Dave Cormack, has taken over a well-run club that doesn't have any debt, and he's tied us up with Atlanta United. And Oh, that's honestly, got to be your new local team, Parker. You've got to move to New York Atlanta. and then go and watch Atlanta games. That's what you've got to do. Yeah, but do you not remember? You're old enough to remember, uh, Mark. Thank you. Uh, He's old enough to remember the, the French Revolution. Hey! Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, in the 70s, where Pelly and George Best played. Cosmos um, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Aberdeen were the Washington Whips. If what? you remember, they set up teams, and I think Aberdeen and Hibbs, and one of, and it might have been Kilmarnock, all just went over and just were different teams and Aberdeen were the Washington Whips and if you look up the Washington Whips on on the internet you'll see this amazing logo with a top hat and a whip Brilliant. and the strip is superb oh, so the, the, um, the strips were fantastic uh, and I, just, uh, US soccer the Scottish years yeah. is, is a chapter I was just gonna, of the book I just want to just, just talk a little bit about um, Sir Alex Ferguson, as he is now, yeah. and his relationship with Aberdeen. I mean, he's deeply loved there, and he loves Aberdeen. I know he's had the freedom of the city, and he, and he, and he actually yeah. goes back there quite a lot. I mean, it is a deep love and bond between Ferguson and that club, isn't it? It is, but, but what, what he was so successful at was um, make it was just like using the uh, old firm biased West Coast Scottish media as a tool to wind up <laughs> the team in the Northeast. Because even now, I mean, obviously, um, I check the daily record and the sunday mail for the football news and it winds me up <laughs> the bloody world does not revolve around celtic and rangers it just absolutely does not um and i think mckinnis has got is, is, does a bit of that as well you know so yeah but he, he, he was just magnificent uh he just wanted to prove a point i think really and what better way to prove it than to win i mean the last to win win the, the top flight a few times, win a few Scottish Cups and a couple of League Cups. Oh, and by the way, the only Scottish team to win more than one European trophy. So I don't care those five stupid stars that Rangers have on their back. What the hell does that mean? It means nothing. But the two stars, the two stars on the Aberdeen logo are two European Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup and the Super Cup. Wow. It, is, it is. It is. Let's be fair. It is a remarkable. Oh yes, and 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 and, and uh, sorry. Mentioning Rangers reminds me that Aberdeen are the only team in Scotland who've never been relegated. Mm. Well, Scott. And by the way, it's probably <laughs> worth pointing out. What a, that's a great way to end that. Only Sir Alex Ferguson, Graham Park, yes. could come from Aberdeen and make their living and their names down in Manchester. You are written large together forever, aren't you? You two. It's beautiful. That's a beautiful yeah, mic. Exactly. That's a beautiful mic drop. That is great. I mean, the only club never to relegate. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. And, and Mike and, and Parky can drop a mic as well. By the way, I've seen him do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I do it in front of I do it in front of sixty thousand people. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, it's been absolutely fantastic right, cheers, to have mate. you on. Um, keep in touch with us. Thank Hopefully, we get you back on the show again. But have a wonderful day. Stand free. The Best 11 Podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you for listening to the Best 11 Podcast. Don't forget there are new episodes out every Monday and Thursday. So join us for more football memories and another Best 11 very soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 